Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. My name is Christian, and today we'll be going over week 14. It's time to do some start-sit information for the first round of the fantasy playoffs. As always, guys, I want to say thank you for joining us. I appreciate the support, and good luck this week. It is uh, go big or go home, as they say. And another phrase that I'm going to use right now to kind of uh, as a prerequisite to some of the research that I'm going to talk about, which is really mediocrity is failure at this point. If you have just an okay week, you're probably going to lose. Typically in the regular season, Sometimes you can have a bad week, but also play a team who is, you know, one in seven and they didn't even start a quarterback this week and you can get a win anyways. Um, not going to happen at this point. You're in the playoffs. You're playing good teams. They're going to put up points. So you have to put up some points. For this reason, if somebody is below average, has too much risk, just hasn't been playing well, doesn't have a high ceiling, uh, there are going to be a lot of players that might surprise you that I'm going to say probably sit this week. I completely understand based on your position, your situation, if you have to start them. Um, but that's what I'm going to say. I'd rather lean on the side of caution. And as always, there will be timestamps down in the description below. And always feel free to leave a comment, guys. Let's talk about what your roster looked like this week and what moves are you uh, interested in making as far as who to put in your lineup and who not to. But let's not waste any more time, guys. Let's get into it because we got 16 games to go through. All right, so let's talk about it. First one, Bears versus Cowboys. Now, I'd like to talk about uh, probably the Cowboys first and Dak Prescott. Going up against the Bears, who give up the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Prescott's played great lately. The last five games, his 1,665 yards is first in the NFL among quarterbacks, obviously. Uh, and his 11 touchdowns is third. So he's been very productive. Now, the Bears' defense do give up the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. But they just gave up two touchdown passes to a third-string quarterback in David Blau for the Lions. So you have to feel like a guy who's got very good weapons. He's got three solid wide receivers, a good running back. That offense as a whole is very good. The problem there in Dallas is not the offense. It seems to be the defense. I definitely think you should play Prescott this week. Could very well be a good matchup. Ezekiel Elliott, you got to start this guy. Um, the last game, he had 12 carries for 71 yards. He added seven catches for 66 yards. The one knock in his career has been that he doesn't receive that much. But last week, he did it. He's done it this year. He's fine start him no matter what and if there's one knock on the Bears defense is that they do have a worse run defense than pass defense and they give up the 14th most fantasy points to opposing running backs we just talked about him but the wide receivers let's talk about Amari Cooper he is top five in yards and touchdowns uh, now last week versus the Bears Kenny Galladay had 158 yards and a touchdown so we very well know that number one wide receivers can score against the Bears they do have the seventh uh, fewest fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers but again that number is a bit skewed and I think they've played worse recently again reference back to last week what Kenny Galladay was able to do against them so I would absolutely play Amari Cooper this week the two guys who are bit question marks here are Michael Gallup and Randall Cobb. Now, Randall Cobb is currently questionable. I'll update you guys in our injury update video as to what's going on there. But over the last five weeks, Michael Gallup is ninth amongst the wide receivers in yards. And, or excuse me, Randall Cobb is ninth amongst the wide receivers in yards. Uh, and Michael Gallup over the last five weeks is 11th amongst the wide receivers in yards. So they've both actually been fairly productive recently. As far as their fantasy value goes, you kind of have to hope that Randall Cobb, who's currently questionable, misses this week. That will then give more value to Michael Gallup. If they both play, they come in as low-end wide receiver threes or high-end wide receiver fours. They're very good for a pair of number two and number three wide receivers on a team. But in your fantasy lineup, it's really hard to imagine them both having very good days. 
However, again, if Cobb went down, then there's definitely room for Gallup. Uh, Jason Witten, I don't love him, but he is currently 10th in fantasy scoring among tight ends. And he's got a good matchup against the Bears, giving up the 8th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So Witten certainly can and probably should for many of you be played this week. I would sit Brett Maher. Uh, he got nothing but an extra point last week. Um, he's sort of just done a disappearing act over the last few weeks, tends to just have games where he doesn't do much. I would sit him. And, and as far as the Cowboys defense, they've scored just 13 fantasy points over the last four games. I would sit them this week. Flipping sides now, let's talk about the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky. Absolutely sit Trubisky. Now, he's had two good games recently, and I think that leads some people to think that maybe Trubisky is really turning a corner in his career, but I don't think that could be any more false. I think that is very incorrect. Get this. Both of his games, so he's played in the last four games, uh, two of them have been against the Detroit Lions. And in both of those games, he's thrown three touchdown passes apiece. That's six touchdown passes in both games in the series this year. In all other games, in the nine other games he has played, he's combined for just seven touchdown passes. That tells you what kind of a quarterback he is. We'll talk about the Lions defense more later on. But in the end, Mitchell Trubisky's two good games against them is not a sign of Trubisky's success and talent. It's more of a sign of how bad the Lions defense is, at least as of right now. As far as the running backs go, Tariq Cohen sit him, 3.2 yards per carry, no rushing touchdowns all year. Heck, even in PPR leagues, he's not even scraping by at this point. Uh, David Montgomery, he's got just 3.4 yards per carry right now. He's been a, a bit of a disappointment. Uh, heading into last week, he had three straight weeks with just six fantasy points in PPR scoring. So for most of you, I definitely think you have to lean towards playing David Montgomery this week. However, he isn't a matchup against the Cowboys giving up the 16th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So they're an average defense. I think there is some room for him to succeed. That being said, in a standard league, deep league, you know, above 12 teams, he can be played. Though many of you who are in the playoffs right now, I assume you probably got some better options. Hopefully you've got some depth, so I would probably avoid him. As far as the wide receivers go, the two guys to talk about, one, Allen Robinson, is uh, he's a must-start. He is the heart and soul of that offense right now. The last two games, which, by the way, have been wins for the Bears, I think that's important. He had six catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown, and then eight catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Um, if the Bears have any chance of succeeding in any game all year long, it has been through the success of Allen Robinson. The Cowboys do give the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, but he should certainly still be played this week. Uh, the other guy to talk about will be Anthony Miller. The last three games have been very good to him. He's certainly growing his role and becoming a bigger part of that offense, and he has zero touchdowns on the season. So he can only be played in PPR leagues. For me, he bumps down to a wide receiver four in standards, just misses the cut. But the last three games have been good. Six catches, 54 yards, six catches, 77 yards, and nine catches for 140 yards last week. The matchups have been fairly good for him. The Rams, the Giants, and the Lions. We talked about how bad the Lions are. The Giants is a good matchup. And then the Rams. The Rams are good with Jalen Ramsey, but you'll find that they're actually only good against wide receiver ones. Against wide receiver two and three, they tend to struggle a bit more. Finally, to save some time, Trey Burton, Eddie Pinheiro, and the Bears defense. I would sit all of them. Um, you might be tempted to play the Bears defense this week. I wouldn't. The Cowboys give up the third fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses, even when you include what they just did against the Bills. And the Bears are averaging just five fantasy points over the last eight games. All right, Buccaneers, Colts. Let's start off with the Buccaneers. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston can definitely be played this week. While the Colts do give up the 12th fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, a lot of people will be surprised to see that Winston is currently fifth in fantasy scoring among quarterbacks. Yeah, I think there are some better options, 
but are there better options that you can replace? Are you going to find a guy off the waiver wire? Do you happen to have a better bench quarterback? Probably not. I'm going to lean towards play him this week. Some of you may happen to have some better options, but odds are you probably don't in probably half to uh, above half of those leagues. As far as running backs go, Ronald Jones Jr., I think he can be played. He's actually got seven touchdowns in the last nine games. And since week five, he is currently 25th in standard league scoring, making him a borderline start depending on your lineup. I know not everyone's got a lot of depth at running back. And I'd still sim it in PPRs. He's just not getting anything done there. Uh, as far as the wide receivers go, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Let's save some time. They're very productive wide receivers. I love them. They're great. Start both of those guys. You would have to have absolutely phenomenal receivers to even consider benching these guys. So uh, absolutely play them. As far as the tight ends go, Brayton Howard, I would sit them. And I would play Matt Gay in this matchup. The Colts give up the 12th most fantasy points to opposing kickers. Finally, the Buccaneers. Last couple of games have been very good to them, so I think some people are very tempted to play them. They did score 16 and 23 fantasy points, but I'm going to say sit them. Uh, I know some people are tempted to start them, to play them this week uh, because of the last two games, but they had touchdowns in back-to-back weeks, which touchdowns for defense is not something you can rely on. If you take that out, two games ago versus Atlanta, they take that out, they had just 10 fantasy points. Take that out versus Jacksonville, they had 17 fantasy points. Um, 10 is a borderline start. 17 is a good start, but it's simply one game. And all the other games, they've been bad. They scored one point versus New Orleans, zero versus Carolina, five versus Tennessee, one versus Seattle, six versus Arizona, zero versus New Orleans. So they've just been all around bad this year. It's just been two good games for them, a bit of a fluke. We saw this with Atlanta earlier in the year. I, I wouldn't quite trust it. On the other side, we've got Jacoby Brissett. Uh, the Buccaneers give up the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. However, in, in six of his last seven games, Brissett has combined for just two touchdown passes. For me, I think you got to look towards another option. That offense is very banged up, and, and I don't like him this week. Again, it is a good matchup, but I don't think that's the sort of way that they're going to win this game, even if they do win this game. I, I think if they do, it comes off of playing defense and forcing turnovers from that Bucks offense. Um, and again, two touchdown passes in six of the last seven games. Absolutely got to consider sitting him. Hopefully, you've got some better options. Marlon Mack is still questioning, and he is targeting a return this week. I'll update you guys Friday. If Marlon Mack plays, he is a must-start. If not, of course, the guy to look at is Jonathan Williams. The Buccaneers do give the third-fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs, but I still think you could start as a running back, too, if Mack is out, purely based off of volume and the fact that he's been effective. It is a tough matchup, but I wouldn't overvalue the matchup when you consider it's an offense that loves to run the ball, especially in the red zone. has been fairly effective doing it, and then again, he really is hands down the number one guy. Naheem Hines is a possible flex play in uh, probably a possible low-end flex play in PPR leagues or a high-end flex play in deep PPR leagues. Over the last three weeks, he has two touchdowns and 33 fantasy points in PPR leagues over those three weeks, so he's averaging just over 10 points. Quite a bit less in standard leagues, so I wouldn't play him in standard pretty much no matter what. As far as the wide receivers go, T.Y. Hilton, he's likely out this game. Um, the fact that he recently said that he hopes to be back this season says he probably won't be back for this game. However, it's too bad because it is a great matchup against the Buccaneers, giving up the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Zach Pascal, he's very risky. He's not reliable enough. Do not play him. He's had some big games this year. You look back to Houston, 106 yards and two touchdowns. That's great. Um, 
Last game, seven catches, 109 yards, awesome. But he has been so inconsistent that he can be, for me, he comes in as a high-end wide receiver four at this point. If you're desperate, he can be plugged in, but I'm not excited about him. He just one catch for six yards versus Denver, he uh, versus Houston. So many weeks ago, he had two touchdowns versus them, but then this last game, he had one target and zero catches versus them. He had two catches and 17 yards versus Jacksonville. There's just no consistency from him for me to really like this guy. Two catches for 26 yards versus Miami. He's just struggled. More often than not, he's flat and he's a bust. And in the fantasy playoffs, guys, right now, you can't really afford that. Uh, one guy who's a must start is Jack Doyle. Um, Playing against the Bucs, they give up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends with Ebron out. He's got three touchdowns in the last four games. And last game without Ebron, he saw 11 targets, six catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. He is a must-start. He's been phenomenal. you got to sit Adam Venetieri. Uh, and the Colts' defense, they're a fair play this week against the Bucs, who give up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing defenses. Uh, breaking down now, the Ravens versus the Bills, Lamar Jackson, he's a must-start. I don't even need to say this. The guy is first in fantasy points among quarterbacks by almost 50 points. He is so dominant. Yes, the Bills give up the second-fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. That doesn't concern me. If he doesn't get it done in the air, he'll get it done with his legs. He's going to get the job done, start Lamar. Mark Ingram is another guy to play. Buffalo, if they have a weakness, it's probably the run game. They do give the fifth most fantasy, 15th, excuse me, most fantasy points to opposing running backs. He is eighth in fantasy points um, currently right now in PPR and fifth in fantasy point. Uh, excuse me, in standard league he is eighth in fantasy points. He is fifth in fantasy points per snap and third in fantasy points per touch. <clears throat> he's been very effective. I think he's a must play in this matchup. Uh, Marquez Brown is a guy to consider playing. I don't love him, but as a wide receiver, three mid to low end, he can be played. I tend to lean a little bit more towards him being a wide receiver four. He's kind of on the bubble, but I think that some people are going to dislike that pick and some people are going to go against me. He is playable. He's got four touchdown passes in the last six games, but his targets and his yardage markers are so low that you are depending on him to get a touchdown because if he doesn't score a touchdown, then you swung and you missed. So, in all reality, I do put him as a wide receiver four, though I definitely understand some people are going to want to plug him into their lineups. All other Ravens wide receivers should be sat this week. Mark Andrews is a must start. He's got four touchdowns in the last four games. He's been absolutely phenomenal. He's got a huge role in that offense. In fact, he is a bigger role in that offense than any other wide receiver. He is the number one receiving target in that offense. Absolutely start Mark Andrews. Justin Tucker is also a great start. Uh, he had a nice kick to win that game versus the 49ers, so good job to Justin Tucker. Play him this week as well. And finally, the Ravens defense, they are averaging 15 fantasy points a game over the last six games. And over that same span, excuse me, over the last seven games, so one more game than that, they're allowing just 13.6 points per game to opposing offenses. Absolutely play the Ravens this week. Flipping sides, now we get to talk about the Bills and Josh Allen. For starters, got a, got a bit of a man crush on him. Really like him. He's been very productive lately. In eight straight games, he has had at least two touchdowns. Uh, that is combined his rushing and passing because of how effective he's been. And in those games, he's totaled 18 touchdowns in, in those eight games. So he's been great. And he's averaging 21 fantasy points a game over those same eight games. So this is a tough matchup against the Ravens. The Ravens do give the third fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. But I think this is going to be a week, unlike any other week for the Bills, where I think the unstoppable Ravens are going to put up some points. And I think that's going to force Josh Allen to throw the ball and to make some more plays and to score and more points so despite the fact this is a tough matchup i think he's going to be fine this week 
Devin Singletary, he's played very well recently, but if you start him, for me, you have to start him in a PPR league as a low-end RB2 or flex play. The Ravens give up the fifth fewest passing excuse me, fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. Very much struggling right now. My apologies. <clears throat> as far as the wide receivers go, we got John Brown. He's got three touchdowns in the last three games, uh, despite winning those games by a combined 45 points. It's funny because typically wide receivers don't do that well in games where they win by a lot and blowout games. And the last three games have been some fairly easy wins for the Bills, and yet he still scored some touchdowns. I'd consider him a wide receiver three for this game. Cole Beasley is another guy that I consider a wide receiver three. He's got five touchdowns in the last seven games. 16 targets, 12 catches, 186 yards, and two touchdowns is what he's had over the last two games. Cole Beasley is going to have a role in this offense. And like I said, for me, the game script looking into this game, uh, measuring this game as a whole, is that I think the Ravens are going to put up some points, and I think we're going to see the Bills uh, sort of for quite a rarity, something that doesn't happen very often, um, throwing the ball more. And I think they're going to need to score some more points. So we're going to see a bit more of that sort of offense and maybe a bit of kind of garbage time points, so to speak. I think you got to sit tight end Dawson Knox and Steven Hushka. Um, finally, I'd also sit the Bills defense. I don't think they're going to be able to do too much against that Lamar Jackson led offense. All right, I think it's time now we're going to talk about the Vikings versus the Lions. Unfortunate loss for the Vikings versus Seattle, but looking for a solid bounce back this week against the Lions. Here's what we know right now. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I think he's an absolute must-start. This guy seems absolutely matchup proof. It's crazy the way he's been playing. Not only is he good, played very well recently. When we talk about like versus Seattle, uh, just this last week, you lose your offensive tackle, Riley, Riley Reef. You don't have Adam Thielen, and you, you miss Dalvin Cook, who goes out with a re-aggravated injury. We'll talk about that more in a second. And he still had a fair fantasy day and threw two touchdown passes. He's been great. He's consistently throwing two or three or four touchdown passes. Heck, and even in games where, like quarterbacks, I don't care how good you are, typically a quarterback wins, and if they win a game that's a blowout, the team runs the ball a lot, he doesn't have a good day, right? Yeah, that sort of happened a few weeks ago versus Washington, but he still threw for 285 yards. Uh, he is such a crucial part of this offense. Dalvin Cook is great, uh, but dare I go on a limb here and say that Kirk Cousins is the most valuable part of this offense. I think he's even more important than Dalvin Cook. He's been great. Speaking of Dalvin Cook, if Dalvin Cook plays, he's a must-start against the Lions, giving up the third most fantasy points to opposing running backs, but he does have that shoulder injury. Now, he did come out and say that he will, quote, definitely be ready to play week 14. Uh, as a Vikings fan, I'm kind of hoping they sit him or rest him for a week or at least limit his reps. What it sounds like is going back to a couple weeks ago versus the Denver Broncos, he took a hard hit to the chest and aggravated his shoulder, kind of messed that up a little bit. It's always tough for running backs. It's always one of those injuries that lingers. He had about 10 days to recover and then showed up at Wednesday practice. Seemed to be looking fine, so they played him. Just took a bit of a weird hit again and re-aggravated it um, on, a, again, another hard hit. Seems like he's going to be fine at this point. If he is limited or if he's extremely limited or doesn't play, then uh, Alexander Madison is a must-start. Again, the Lions do give the third most fantasy points to opposing running backs, and Madison has been more than effective. His 4.8 yards per carry on the season. He had four catches and 51 yards last game. Uh, he's a must start if Dalvin Cook is out. 
Um, if Dalvin Cook plays and rests, then there's this weird uh, kind of just uncanny valley of uncomfortable. Do you play him? Do you not? What is his role going to look like? I lean towards don't play Madison if Cook plays, but even if he doesn't play 100% for that reason. Adam Thielen, he's been out for quite a while. He is questionable with that hamstring issue. He said that he won't come back till he's 100%. That could very well be another week, but I will update you on Friday. Stefan Diggs is a must start. I don't even feel like I need to get into it. He's been phenomenal. One of the best receivers in the NFL, in fact. In five of his last eight games, he's gone over 100 receiving yards. And it's a great matchup. This Lions defense is absolutely horrendous. They give up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. As far as the tight ends go, how Rudolph is a guy to consider. If Adam Thielen is out, you can start Rudolph. If Adam Thielen plays, I don't trust Rudolph is going to have a good day. A lot of what Rudolph has been able to do lately, which I'll talk about in a second, has been because of increased volume, because Kirk Cousins doesn't have Thielen, he needs another guy to throw to. But he's got six touchdowns in the last six games, and his again, his role has been drastically increased because of the absence of Thielen. When Thielen comes back, that's going to massively hurt his value. Uh, Dan Bailey, I think, I, sh I think you should play Dan Bailey this week. I think it's going to be a very good week for that Vikings offense. And uh, the Vikings defense, I would sit them just two times in their last 11 games have they scored more than nine fantasy points. They're a good defense, but they are not a good fantasy defense by any means at this point. On the other side of the ball, we got Matthew Stafford. Now, head coach Matt Patricia, Patricia excuse me, said this about Matthew Stafford, that uh, it's week to week, and they're going to keep the door open, quote-unquote, for him playing this week out of respect for his competitiveness, uh, which is coach speak for we don't want him to play. But if Matthew Stafford chooses to play, then they're going to let him. That could very well mean he could play this week, but we'll update you on Friday. Either way... Ah, it's a difficult situation. If Stafford plays, I think you got to start him. The way that offense has been going, he's got some great receiving weapons. And if there's a weakness to the Vikings defense, it seems like that secondary can definitely have some tough weeks. We saw what Marvin Jones did four touchdowns the last time they played. Um, David Blau plays in this game. Don't start him. He's got two touchdown passes last week versus the Bears, but I, I don't trust him this week versus the Vikings, uh, especially in the fantasy playoffs at this point. Uh, Bo Scarborough, definitely got to look at. He's at increased carries, 14, 18, and 21 carries. He's also got a 4.4 yards per carry. That's tough, though. The Vikings give up the eighth fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. And heading into that week, heading into a game against Seattle where Seattle ran all over the Vikings, you take that one game out, they're actually giving up the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. So I'm going to lean towards sitting Bo Scarborough this week. As far as the wide receivers go, Kenny Gallaudet is a must-start. His nine touchdowns, and he's had five games over 100 yards on the season, and the Vikings give up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Like I said earlier, that seems to be the kind of the weakness of that defense right now. Marvin Jones, in six of the last seven games, he scored 10-plus fantasy points. He could very well explode in this game like he did last time. It's a bit of that Cole Beasley effect when number two wide receivers are able to outperform the number one. Yeah, he's not going to have four touchdown passes like the last time, but he is certainly a guy who is playable as a wide receiver three this week. Probably a high wide receiver three and a low wide receiver two. I would sit tight end TJ Hawkinson and Matt Prater, and I would also sit the Lions defense this week. Uh, now we're moving on to the Redskins versus Packers. Let's start off with the Packers. In three of the last four games, Aaron Rodgers has thrown one or less touchdown pass and 12 or less fantasy points. He's actually struggled recently. He's been an efficient quarterback. He's been a good quarterback, but he hasn't been a good fantasy quarterback. 
Uh, plus, Rodgers is severely at risk um, of being in a blowout. Simply put, we've seen it many times where quarterbacks get up big early, the defense plays well, the running game plays well, and he just doesn't do enough. For that reason, I genuinely would look for another quarterback option this week. That sounds weird. I know a lot of people have a hard time sitting a big name like Aaron Rodgers. That's not me. I'm going to play the matchups. And for me, the matchup says that at best, he gets you two touchdown passes. Most likely, he gets you zero or one. It's not looking like a fantastic week for him. Again, not knocking him as a quarterback, not knocking him even as a fantasy quarterback, simply for this week. I have to imagine there are some quarterbacks with higher upside. Moving on now, we've got Aaron Jones. He's a must-start. The Redskins give up the 11th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. And even Jamal Williams has some value. He can be played in the right situation. He's averaging 11 carries over the last three games, and he has scored 25, 14, 18, 16, 6, 16, and 11 fantasy points over the last seven games. That is in PPR leagues. So for me, he comes in as a fair PPR flex. I would sit him in standards, however. As far as the wide receivers go, really the only guy that I like at this point is Devontae Adams. In five of eight games this season, he has scored 19-plus fantasy points. He just scores against anybody that he wants to at will. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. He's right up there with Hopkins and Michael Thomas. And you guys know the drill. He's a great wideout. Absolutely play him. The only other guy to consider, I know some people are considering playing Alan Lazard this week. Don't do that. For starters, that what I mentioned earlier, this could very well be a quick and early blowout where they run the ball, they even put some backups in, and they don't throw the ball a lot. But people are tempted. Last week he had three catches for 103 yards and a touchdown. I think some people are wondering if maybe he could do that again. I don't think he will. Um, that was just three catches. Um, for a guy to go over 100 yards for him to do that consistently, we see stud wide receivers who can somewhat consistently go over 100 yards. They tend to do that with six or seven catches a game. So, you know, that volume of targets and catches isn't enough. But furthermore, the week before, he had just one catch for seven yards. I don't trust that one week's performance. I would sit him this week. He is a wide receiver four in my book. Um, finally, Jimmy Graham, Mason Crosby, and I would sit both of them this week. And the Packers defense, I would start them against the Redskins. The Redskins give up the sixth most fantasy points to opposing defenses. Now we get to talk about the Redskins. Save some time. Dwayne Haskins, sit him. Uh, Darius Geis has got to take a look at. He's got two touchdowns and 29 fantasy points last week. He's very risky, but he's a fair running back to play. Leans more towards a standard league play, by the way. But it is a good matchup. The Packers run defense has struggled this year, giving up the sixth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Adrian Peterson, his carries have been cut in half since Geis came back. Don't play Peterson this week. He just hasn't been productive enough. As far as the wide receivers go, the only guy to look at is Terry McLaurin. And you guys know that. Even that being said, his production has been limited. I'd consider him as a wide receiver for this week. He had just two catches for eight yards last week. He just can't be trusted. He's a stud wide receiver. He had five touchdown receptions in five games with Case Keenum. But Dwayne Haskins is not Case Keenum. Dwayne Haskins is severely struggling this year. He's got... Uh, Got to turn things around, that's for sure. But moving on now, the Redskins tight ends, Dustin Hopkins, the Redskins defense, I would sit all of them. There's not a whole lot of fantasy value there, so I would avoid that situation for sure. All right, now we've got the Texans versus the Broncos. Let's start off with the Texans and Deshaun Watson. Now, the Broncos do give the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, but I still think you should play Watson this week. 
He's averaged 24 fantasy points over the last two games, and that was versus the Patriots and the Colts. The Patriots are an elite pass defense, and the Colts are certainly above average. I think he's a very good quarterback. He's got good weapons. I play Watson. As far as the running backs go, sit both Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. Uh, the Broncos give up the 13th fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs, and neither one of those guys has had the production nor the volume to justify playing them at this point in the season. I certainly hope that you've stocked up your bench and found at least one other better option. As far as the wide receivers go, DeAndre Hopkins, he scored 15 fantasy points in eight straight games. He's been just phenomenal. Absolutely play Hopkins. Love watching that guy. He just finds a way to get the job done, make crazy catches. He's awesome. Must play for sure. Uh, Will Fuller, he's another guy you can consider. Uh, he's played in five games this season. A few of them have been great. A couple other ones, not so great. So against the Broncos, who give up the sixth fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, that does make me nervous. But uh, when you go back to a game versus Atlanta, he had 217 yards and three touchdowns. Two weeks ago versus the Colts, he had seven catches, 140 yards, even versus Kansas City, which was a real off game for that uh, that offense. They did one 31 to 24. Um but they didn't need to throw the ball more, so it was a, a bit of a change of pace for them. He still had five catches for 44 yards. Not a terrible day. I consider playing him as a risky wide receiver three. If you're looking at a tough matchup against a team, maybe that's seated higher than you and looks a little bit better than you, consider taking this shot and you know swinging for the fences as they say, go big or go home. As far as the tight end Darren Fells goes, I'd consider him. He's got seven touchdowns on the year. He can be played in deep leagues, but in typical leagues, I don't trust him. In small leagues, I don't trust him. And I have to think you've possibly got some better choices out there because with a guy like Darren Fells, you are absolutely 100% depending on him scoring a touchdown. And if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's probably not going to get you almost any fantasy points. I'd start kicker Kaimi Fairbairn uh, against the Broncos, giving up the second most fantasy points to opposing kickers, and I would sit the Texans' defense. On the Broncos' side of the ball, I'd sit Drew Locke. Did have fun watching him play football the other day, but he doesn't have the fantasy value. As far as the running back Philip Lindsay goes, he's got just 25 fantasy points over the last three weeks, and that's in PPR leagues. In standard leagues, that will be one thing, but in PPR leagues, that's just not enough, especially for a guy who does get that added boost. I don't trust this offense. It's stalled out. It's struggled. I would sit Philip Lindsay. The one guy in this offense that I do like, I'll start is Cortland Sutton. He is 19th in fantasy scoring amongst wide receivers. 19th. He is a wide receiver, too. And you put him in a matchup versus the Texans, giving up the 12th most fantasy points to opposing wideouts. I love this guy. He is, you know, some players are matchup proof no matter what matchup they are in. They still play well. Uh, Cortland Sutton is what I would call quarterback proof. No matter what quarterback you give to him, he still has a good day. Finally, Noah Fant, Brandon McManus, and the Broncos defense. I would sit all of them, that whole trio there. Not a whole lot of value there. 49ers Saints. This right here is going to be a big game. Fun to watch. Probably the game of the week, personally, as far as its implications as to playoff teams and what that's going to look like. Let's start off with the Saints. Now, three times in the last three games, he has thrown three touchdown passes. So he's been very hot. Some of his other games haven't been so great. Last game, he didn't have a very good fantasy game, but they did win 26-18. to 18. For that reason, I think you should play Drew Brees this week as a low-end play. Don't quite have the same expectations as you would for most weeks. I don't think he's going to be a top-five quarterback this week, but I think he'll be worth a play, especially in deep leagues. 
Alvin Kamara is a must-start as a high-end RB2. He just has such a huge role in that offense. If they're going to win this game, he has got to perform, and I, I expect that he should at least perform moderately, and he's certainly going to get the volume. That's half the battle. It is a tough matchup, however. Do note that the 49ers give up the second-fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. As far as the wide receivers go, you guys know this, but there's just only one wide receiver to consider right now for the Saints. There's only one guy, and that's Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas is more than enough. Um, he's been phenomenal. In five of his last six games, he's gone over 100 yards. He's been great. He's like matchup proof. I don't know what it is. He's just so phenomenal. Um, he's very efficient. He gets a lot of targets and a lot of catches. He's great. Play Michael Thomas this week. I'd also consider playing Jared Cook. While the 49ers give up the second fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends, he has scored 10 plus fantasy points in his last six games. I think if they're going to win this game, he's also got to do something. And I think that's, you know, a little bit obvious because this is a tough matchup against a great 49ers team. But I, I do, I really like Jared Cook. I'd also start Will Lutz. Um, he's a very good kicker. And if they score a lot of touchdowns, great. He's, he gets a lot of extra points. Awesome. Or maybe they stall out a couple of times and he gets field goals. Either way, I see this being a matchup where he probably gets a couple of field goals and extra points and has a pretty fair day. Finally, uh, I'd sit the Saints this week. I don't think they're going to have a very good week against pretty well-disciplined 49ers offense. Speaking of the 49ers offense, Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's what we know about him. He's got 16 touchdown passes in the last six games. He's a fair play this week. The Saints defense isn't bad, but they do give up the 11th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, and he's been very productive lately, especially with the emergence of Debo Samuel. So I would consider playing him. As far as the wide receivers go, Emmanuel Sanders, they give up the 11th most fantasy points uh, to opposing wideouts. He has scored just five, or excuse me, is averaging just five fantasy points over the last four games. So for me, he comes in as a wide receiver, wide receiver four. The guy that I do like is Debo Samuel. I already mentioned him a little bit ago, um, but four games ago, he had 21 fantasy points, 112 yards. They had 134 yards, 26 fantasy points. Last week, he had 50 yards and a touchdown, or excuse me, two weeks ago. And then last week versus Baltimore, he had 41 yards and a touchdown. He has been very productive. I like Debo Samuels a lot at this point. You should absolutely play him. George Kittle is a must play as well. Pro Football Focus ranks him as the number one tight end in the NFL. I would sit Robbie Gold in the 49 defense. Now, before I move on from this game, the running backs, Raheem Mostart, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida. <sighs> Guys, this is one of those situations I didn't want to talk about. It's one of those kind of ugh, awkward running back by committees you just don't want to deal with. Um, so I'm going to put this caveat in there and say that quite honestly, as I evaluated this, um, I had a theory and my first thought was, I think that this 90% of your decision on these running backs relies purely on on what you've got. I mean, do you have better running backs? Yes or no? Are you willing to take a risk? Yes or no? Do you need to take a risk? Yes or no? Um, so I began to look in all of my seven fantasy leagues this year and found completely different situations. People who definitely should, who definitely shouldn't. A guy who should start Tevin Coleman, a guy who should sit him, a guy who should start Raheem Mostar, a guy who should sit him. This is in Standard and PPR and Dynasty, all over the place. Um, this was one of just absolute conundrums this week for me that was very confusing to figure out. All in all, the running back that I like most is Raheem Mostar. Um, as I've begun to break down and look at the numbers, I feel like he's the best running back, but I don't trust him that much more. I trust him a little bit more than those other guys, but I certainly don't trust him that much. All in all, it's going to purely depend on your situation. 
but I like Mostart ahead of the other guys. I like Matt Bright at the least, and I probably like Tevin Coleman. They certainly do like to use him in the red zone. He's gotten a fair amount of touchdowns this season. Bengals, Browns. Let's start off with Baker Mayfield for the Browns. Now, right now, head coach uh, Freddie Kitchens said that Baker Mayfield struggling with that hand injury. Hand injury. He's currently marked as questionable. He should probably be fine for this week. I'm expecting that he's going to play. The Bengals haven't given up more than one touchdown pass since week 10. That was versus Lamar Jackson. In fact, in six of their last eight games, they haven't given up more than one touchdown pass. So that defense has been played fairly well recently. But then you realize that number is completely skewed. For starters, they're not a good defense. Teams just don't need to score a lot against them. And when they do score a lot, oftentimes it's on the ground game. They give up the eighth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, despite not giving up a lot of touchdowns. Well, why is that? That comes down to the fact that they've given up four rushing touchdowns to just quarterbacks in the last eight weeks. So every other game, they allow a rushing touchdown. I don't think that Baker Mayfield is going to get a rushing touchdown against them. He's just not that type of quarterback. But that's the way their defense has played. All in all considered, he is a borderline play. I'd call him a quarterback 12 to 14 range. Could sneak into a starting lineup, but I don't love him this week. Again, it's the same trend that many other quarterbacks have had against the Bengals, which is they don't play bad against the Bengals. The Bengals' defense is playing terrible, but they just don't need to throw a touchdown. They just don't need to do a lot. They just sit back, snap the ball, and hand it off to a running back to do most of the work all game. Speaking of the running backs who will be doing most of the work all game, Nick Chubb. you got to start this guy. He is fifth in standard league scoring and eighth in PPR. He is a must-start no matter what, especially against the Bengals, giving up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Another running back to start is Kareem Hunt. That sounds crazy, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but I would definitely consider it. Again, great matchup versus the Bengals, giving up the fifth most fantasy points, and it could very well be a blowout. If it is, that would mean a higher percentage share of carries, touches, and snaps for Hunt, as well as he has scored 14, 11, 14, and 17 fantasy points in PPR leagues. He's got back-to-back -back weeks with a touchdown, and his touches this season have been 13, 14, 12, and 12. That's sort of what you're getting with him at this point in the year. I would only play him in PPR leagues as a flex, flex play or very low-end RB2, um, or, you know, does help in deep leagues, you get the point. In standard leagues, I wouldn't play him. Doesn't have a whole lot of value, but in the right situation, he can be plugged in. I understand that teams make playoffs and they still have holes. Um, in some of the leagues I'm in, I'm looking around like, how do you have this guy as your running back to and make the playoffs? It happens. And if you are looking for a PPR flex plug and play this week, you got Kareem Hunt, you've been considering it. Yeah, you could probably plug him in. Should be fine. As far as the wide receivers go, Oda Beckham. This year has not been great to him. He's a guy who's pretty much going to get you about five to seven catches, maybe 50 to 60 yards. That's pretty much what he's done pretty much identically uh, straight through the last probably five or six games. The Bengals have given up four touchdowns to wide receivers in the last five games. So that helps. Um, it is a good week for them, but I definitely lean towards more towards Jarvis Landry. I think Odell Beckham is a low-end wide receiver three, whereas Jarvis Landry is a fair wide receiver two. The way he's played recently has been great. Against the tough New England defense, he had five catches for 65 yards. That's amongst the best that anyone's done against the Patriots defense. Then he had 51 yards and a touchdown, 97 yards, nine catches and a touchdown. Four catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Ten catches, 148 yards, two touchdowns. Um, six catches, 76 yards. He's been phenomenal, and the matchups have been tough. He had to play New England, tough defense, especially pass defense. 
Denver, tough pass defense. Buffalo, tough pass defense. And then Pittsburgh twice, who, again, very underrated defense. They've been very effective recently since they added Minka Fitzpatrick. I would uh, go on and the Browns tight ends, uh, I would sit all Browns tight ends. And Austin Siebert is a guy that you can consider playing as your kicker this week. Um, in this game, the Bengals give up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing kickers, but he doesn't get a lot of attempts, so he is somewhat limited at times. Finally, the Browns defense, they're not a great defense. I would sit them. Um, as far as the other side of the ball, the Bengals go. Andy Dalton and Ryan Finley, I would sit either of those guys in this matchup. I don't trust them at this point. Dalton got benched. Finley got benched. It's just a whole situation. I tend to believe that uh, Dalton will be playing this week. As far as the running backs go, Joe Mixon is a guy you got to play. He has scored 17, 19, 17, 8, and 17 fantasy points this uh, over this last five games. Excuse me. And the Browns have given up three touchdowns to running backs in the last three games. That's a touchdown per game. Doesn't sound that great. But in one of those games, they were playing the Dolphins. And the Dolphins running back position is absolutely banged up this year. They lose Kenyon Drake. Um, and then they lose Mark Walton. And then they lose Kalen Balage, and now they're down to uh, this Patrick Payard or Paired guy, their fourth string running back, and nobody that most of you don't know. So, of course, he didn't score a touchdown in that game. That's no surprise. So, in the other two games, they've allowed three touchdown passes. They're a bad run defense. Or excuse me. Yes, bad run defense. Um, and Joe Mixon is probably going to have another good day against him. I like Mixon for sure as a running back, too. As far as the wide receivers go, Tyler Boyd, he's got back-to-back -back week with touchdowns. Um, he's a solid start if Andy Dalton plays. He's a low-end wide receiver three or a mid-wide receiver three if Finley plays. As far as the wide receivers go, John Ross is questionable. They did activate him from the IR as he's recovering from that clavicle injury. Um, it's not exactly looking like he's going to be back this week, but at some point he's going to be back. And in three full games this season, he's got three touchdowns and two games over 100 receiving yards. So he's great. He's definitely got some value. I just don't know if it's this week. Finally, Tyler Eifert, back-to-back -back games with just one catch. I would sit him. I would sit Randy Bullock and the Bengals defense this week. All right, here we are with the Falcons versus Panthers. Matt Ryan for the Falcons. I think he's a start this week. He's got great weapons. For me, it seems pretty straightforward. Devonta Freeman, not so straightforward. I would avoid playing him with possible. Now, he isn't a matchup against the Panthers, giving up the second most fantasy points to opposing running backs. In standard leagues, he's just not been great. He does add a little bit of that PPR boost. He is the number one running back, but he's struggled lately. He's been pretty banged up. I'd call me a low-end RB2, definitely a guy who can be replaced if possible, though many of you are going to have to play him this week as you may not have better options, and at least he does benefit from a good matchup. Julio Jones, now, he is cer certainly currently marked as questionable, and head coach Dan Quinn said that he's struggling with a shoulder injury, and he's trending upward as far as his availability for week 14. That means he will probably play, of course, if he does, absolutely start him. The Panthers do give up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, which also bodes well for Calvin Ridley, who's had three good games in a row. He had eight catches for 143 yards versus and a touchdown in his last game versus the Panthers. Then versus Tampa Bay, he had six catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. And then versus New Orleans, he had eight catches for 91 yards. So he is on quite the streak and is certainly a must start. If Julio Jones does sit, one guy benefits from that pretty 
drastically, and that's Russell Gage, who then becomes a startable fantasy wide receiver replacement, coming in as a high wide receiver three in this matchup. The last two weeks have been good versus Tampa Bay, eight catches for 76 yards, and versus New Orleans, he had five catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. So again, if Julio is out, Gage is a guy to possibly play. But if Julio Jones is in, it's just Ridley and Jones to play there. Austin Hooper, he is questionable. If he plays, he is a must start. However, we don't know. He did return to practice. There's still a lot up in the air at this point. He's got four straight games with a touchdown, though. So again, if he plays, he's a must start. Uh, Young Wei Ku, you got to play him this week. This offense has been good. Uh, the Panthers give the eighth most fantasy points to opposing kickers, and he's been a pretty good kicker so far. Falcons defense, they've scored 26 fantasy points last time they played the Panthers, and the Panthers give up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing defenses. I'd play them this week. There is a lot of upside and a lot of like in this matchup against a Kyle Allen, who's not a terrible quarterback. Certainly looks like he could have quite a future in the NFL, but at this point, he is really prone towards making some of those pretty prototypical rookie mistakes. Speaking of Kyle Allen, uh, last time versus the Falcons, he threw zero touchdowns to four interceptions. Falcons do give up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, and he's averaging 17.2 fantasy points over the last four games. He did play bad last time he played against the Falcons. That was in their weird two-game stretch where they were very effective against the Saints and the Panthers. They were a great defense, and then, boom, they came back down to earth, and they stopped playing so well. So I would consider playing Kyle Allen this week, especially in deep leagues. I don't love him. I don't think he's going to be a top-five, top-six fantasy quarterback this week, but he is definitely playable, and he's got a good matchup. Christian McCaffrey is a must-start. I'm going to pause you right now because I'm not even going to say anything more on it. I'm not even going to dive into this. He's been insane. I, just, I love watching him. I love looking at his numbers. Every single week, he's an elite running back. Guys like Dalvin Cook haven't even done that. Dalvin Cook had one bad week versus the Eagles. We averaged 2.5 yards per carry. I don't think there's been a single team this year to even get close to just slowing him down. Moving on now, DJ Moore. DJ Moore is a must-start. Falcons give up the ninth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. And he's on quite the stretch. Seven catches for 100 yards, nine catches for 128 catches for 95 yards, six catches for 126 yards and two touchdowns, and six catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. That has been his last five games. He is really, really gelling with Kyle Allen. The chemistry is there, and you got to play him. The other wide receiver to talk about is Curtis Samuel. I certainly don't like him as much. For me, he is a um, medium to high-end wide receiver four. I don't love him. He can definitely be played and come in as your wide receiver three. He does have four touchdown pass or touchdown receptions in the last seven games, but I don't love him, and I feel like you are kind of gambling on the touchdowns there. Uh, wide receiver Greg Olson looks like he's pretty doubtful for this week. He had a concussion week 13 against the Raiders. We don't know a whole lot about this right now, except that when he did take that hit, it looked like he was uh, lights out, knocked out before he even hit the ground. So personally, I'm not expecting him to be playing this week, um, but I'll update you on Friday if that changes. Finally, I would sit the Panthers defense and kicker Joey Sly. Now we get to talk about the Jets versus the Dolphins. This will be an interesting game. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's got five touchdown passes in the last two games. And he threw three touchdown passes the last time he played the Jets, which was just a few weeks ago. This could very well be a good matchup for him. It is very risky. I wouldn't play him as a top 10 quarterback, but he does have the upside of possibly being a top 10 quarterback. So I'd play him in that 10 to 14 range is kind of where I'd put Fitzpatrick at this point. Uh, 
running back Kalen Blosh was actually just placed on the A, the IR, excuse me, so he will be out making the, the running back Patrick Lard or Laird, however you pronounce it, the guy this week. You got to sit him though. He did have a touchdown and an extra point last week, but he also had 10 carries for just five yards. That is a half a yard per carry. Um, I'm going to say this right now. That is a half a yard per carry. Um, that's pretty bad. So I'm going to sit him this week. The, the one guy I do really like is Devontae Parker. Everybody knows that. Last week was a monstrous game for him, and that is nothing new. Three weeks ago, he had seven catches for 135 yards. Two weeks ago, he had six catches for 91 yards. And last week, seven catches, 159 yards, and two touchdowns. He's a must-start, especially versus the Jets, who in fact give up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. He is, however, the only wide receiver for the Dolphins that I would start. For their tight ends, Mike Kosicki is a guy to look at. He's got back-to-back -back weeks with a touchdown. He's got eight catches in those games combined. The Jets do give the fifth-fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends, but the tight end position is so thin. And if you're going to put a guy in your lineup, he's not a bad guy, especially if you're going to say if you're in a standard league per se and you're just looking for a touchdown, he could definitely do it for you. There is some risk involved, but with how thin the tight end position is, I know that so many people in the waiver wire aren't going to be too picky. Um, there is one guy I like more, uh, uh, excuse me, Jack Doyle happens to be available in my league. I put in for him. We'll see if I get him. And that's another situation where kind of thins out the tight end position. If multiple teams are looking and you may not have the priority. Anyways, uh, Jason Sanders, I would sit him and I would sit the Dolphins defense. They have combined for four fantasy points over the last three weeks. They're averaging just over a fantasy point a week. It's awful. Absolutely set that defense. As far as the Jets go, Sam Darnold, half of his games, he has thrown one touchdown pass or less. The other half, they've been fairly good games. And the Dolphins do give the third most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. All in all, there's so much risk involved, so much underperforming and just bad games and poor play. I'd sit Sam Darnold. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, he's averaging 15-plus fantasy points over the last five games. He is a solid RB2 in PPR and an okay RB2 in standard leagues. The volume alone makes him a great play, and the Dolphins give up the fourth-most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So that bodes very well for him. Jamison Crowder is probably the one guy in the passing game that I like right now. He's got three straight games with a touchdown but then he moves right into a dud two games in a row. So there's definitely some, some nerves involved there. Uh, the Dolphins give up the eighth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So there's definitely a lot of risk involved. He comes in to me as a mid to low end wide receiver three. Don't love him, really don't, but he can be played. Ryan Griffin, the last three games, he's got 13 catches, 152 yards and two touchdowns over the last three games. That's what he's combined for against the team giving up the 14th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Griffin should be played this week, not as again, not as a top five tight end. I've said that, you know, some other positions, especially quarterback. I'm not expecting to have a monster day. I don't love him. He's no Travis Kelsey, but he is certainly playable. And at the thin tight end position, don't make the mistake of looking for another guy who probably isn't out there. I would sit kicker Sam Ficken. Uh, it's just very volatile fantasy value for Sam Ficken. He's not a bad kicker, but that offense has hurt him, and the inconsistency has been very bad to, to him. And he just hasn't attempted enough field goals every week for me to really trust that performance. And finally, the Jets defense, I would sit them this week as well. 
Let's talk about Philip Rivers versus the Jaguars this week. He's averaging just 13.6 fantasy points a game over the last five games. He struggled. I'm going to sit him this week, guys. Melvin Gordon, though, is a guy you shouldn't sit with five touchdowns in the last six games. And he's actually had increasing yards per carry six games in a row. Six games in a row, his yards per carry have gone nowhere but up. And now it is up to five 0.0 yards per carry. He is back to the Melvin Gordon of old, and he is a certain must-start this week. Austin Eckler, he could also be started under this condition, that you are in a deep PPR league and you plug him into your flex. He's a guy who's been very productive. He was very effective. He was awesome. Melvin Gordon came back. He took his role back over, and that's it. He's just not getting enough volume. If you were getting 15 touches a game, yeah, that would be a different story, but he's really not in, especially when they tend to give the red zone touches to Gordon. Uh, Keenan Allen, you got to play this guy as well. He's got 22 catches in three games and back-to-back -back scoring games. That was kind of a bit of an issue for him in the past, where uh, especially in seasons past, where he just was playing well, but the touchdowns weren't there. That doesn't seem to be a problem as of recently. Mike Williams has seemed to catch the old Keenan Allen bug of touchdown issues. He's averaging 90 receiving yards a game over the last four games. But over those same games, he's averaging just three catches. And he hasn't scored a touchdown all season long, which I want to hear from you guys. Do you think he's going to do it? He's going to go all season long. He actually could very well be possibly like the first receiver in NFL history. I don't know if that's true, but I've never seen it happen before. He could go over a thousand yards and not get a single touchdown. Probably won't happen, but it very well could at the same time. Um, Hunter Henry is a must start. We all know that the tight end position is thin, and he is a great option. Michael Badgley, he's a good kicker. He shouldn't be started this week based off of the matchup and the fact that because of the way they run the ball very effectively and they're very effective in the red zone, they're not kicking a lot of field goals, and that's a problem. Finally, I would sit the Chargers defense. Flipping sides now, we got Gardner Minshew under center this week. I wouldn't play him. I wouldn't play Foles. I don't trust that um, anyone under center right now, that Jaguars offense, makes me uncomfortable. There are a lot of things about the Jaguars offense I like. I like Fournette. I like Chark. There are some seriously good weapons there, um, but the quarterback play is just not trustworthy yet. Um... Moving on, Leonard Fournette is a must-start. He's got huge volume. He's going against a team giving up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. If the Jaguars are going to win this game, it is going to be on the ground game for sure. DJ Chark is another guy. He's been just phenomenal this season. Is not the best matchup. He's a tough matchup, but he is a solid wide receiver too. Despite the fact that the Chargers give up the fourth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, he has been so great all year long that his value is hurt a little bit, but I think a lot of weeks he's a wide receiver one, so a wide receiver two this week does reflect that matchup. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, he is averaging five catches and 60-plus yards a game. In, in games this year where he has played in full, that's sort of what you're getting with him. For me, he is a wide receiver four based on matchup, um, but he could easily find the end zone. If you need to take a risk, um, you could put him in there. I just hate to put all my stock in, in so many of these wide receivers here. And then finally, Chris Conley. He's played pretty well recently, um, but in a tough matchup, buried at number three on the depth chart at wide receiver there. I don't think that he can be played. I would sit him. I would sit all Jaguars tight ends, and I would start Josh Lambo. He's been a very good kicker this year. Um, finally, the Jaguars defense. They can be started in deep leagues. The Chargers have nine turnovers in the last three games, but in a standard 12-team league, I probably lean towards looking towards another option. Hopefully another option. I, I think you could find some guys with some defenses, excuse me, with more upside. Because for me, that's the thing with the Jaguars. I think they're a fine defense in a fair matchup. 
but I don't think they've got a massive upside. I don't think they've just got the ability to explode this week, and I'd like a little more upside for my defense if I'm going to be putting them in there. We got the Patriots versus the Chiefs this week. Pat Mahomes, start him. The Patriots give up the fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, but he's Pat Mahomes. He's been so effective. I think last week Deshaun Watson showed us that that Patriots defense, that Patriots as a whole, they can be beat, they can be stopped, and you can move the ball against that defense. Pat Mahomes is going to be fine. Certainly have a bit lowered expectations from him in normal weeks, but play him. As far as the running backs go, McCoy, Williams, they're... It's a bit of a mess there. The guy to like right now is Darwin Thompson. Um, he led the Chiefs running backs last week with 11 carries. He took that for 44 yards and a touchdown. Now, the Patriots give up the fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs, so for me, he comes in as a wide receiver three. LaShawn McCoy's got back-to-back -back games with a rushing touchdown, but last game, he just five carries for 10 yards. So for me, he comes as a low-end running back three. And Damian Williams, he's got a very, very small chance to play this week. He's probably not going to play. Even if he does, he will be limited. So I would sit all of those guys this week. I don't like any of them at this point, to be honest with you. As far as the wide receivers go, Tyreek Hill is a must start. In this matchup, he's downgraded to a wide receiver too, but still start him for sure. Uh, and Sammy Watkins, he's really disappeared lately. Um <sighs> He hasn't scored a touchdown since week one, and that has been a major problem for me. I would call him a low-end wide receiver three or a wide receiver four. I think he's going to get a bit of that Cole Beasley effect. Um, I think he could certainly get a boost in volume as Tyree Kill is going to be facing Stefan Gilmore, but that's really all I like about him. He has struggled lately, uh, but again... He's got Pat Mahomes. I, you know, it's a tough situation. So I lean towards looking towards another option, but I can also understand playing him. There's just risk involved because he hasn't found the end zone in so long. And the question is, when is that going to turn around? When is that going to happen? This could very well be the week, but it could be just another week where he has three, four catches and 40, 50 yards. And if that happens, that kind of sucks for your fantasy team, doesn't it? Um, you got to start Travis Kelsey for sure this week. And I would sit Harrison Butker and the Chiefs defense. Flipping sides now to the Patriots and Tom Brady. In six of the last seven games, he has been just wildly average. Just wildly average. He has just eight touchdowns in those seven games. So, um, or excuse me, in those six games. Last game, he did have three touchdowns, but that was a bit of an anomaly for the Patriots who are not used to being down by so much. So that was a bit of a flipped script. Script. Hard to imagine that's going to happen most weeks. I would probably consider sitting Tom Brady, and if you play him, play him as probably a range from 10 to 16 uh, sort of quarterback this week. The one thing that benefits him is the Chiefs giving up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, as far as the running backs go, Sony Michelle, he hasn't scored um, or topped eight fantasy points in basically five games. The Chiefs do give up the most fantasy points to opposing running backs, but if you're going to jump on that hype, the guy to capitalize on that has got to be James White. 14 carries for 79 yards and eight catches for 80, or excuse me, 98 yards last game. He's also got two touchdowns last game and three touchdowns in the last four games. He is risk-filled, but he is a solid RB2 in PPR leagues and a high-end RB3 or flex play in standard leagues. Again, a lot of his value does come from his ability to do work in the passing game. You absolutely have to start Julian Edelman this week. He's phenomenal every week. He's a PPR stud, and he is just one of the cornerstones and staples of that offense. He's going to get his touches. He's going to get his targets. In fact, the more the Patriots struggle, the more targets he gets, making him a real win-win. If the Patriots offense is high-flying, scoring lots of touchdowns, great. More touchdowns to go around. 
good for Julian Edelman. It's awesome. But if they struggle, where does the ball go more? goes to Julian Edelman. So it's sort of one of those win-wins, a definite start this week. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, he's got five catches for 18 yards in the last two games. I would probably sit him either way, honestly, the way he's been playing. I don't trust him. I don't trust Philip Dorsett either. He's got five catches for 48 yards in the last two games. And the one area where the Chiefs seem to excel is that they give up the second fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So I would sit them. I would also sit the Patriots defense and the Patriots tight ends, as well as a mid-end start kicker, Nick Folk. All right, guys, we've got a straightforward matchup here, Titans versus Raiders. There's not too much fantasy value in this game. Quite honestly, both of these offenses have had their struggles. Um, but let's start off with the Raiders. Uh, they've significantly struggled last game without Hunter Renfro. That was pretty clear. Derek Carr very much struggling. He's got just three touchdowns in the last five games, so I would sit him against an above-average Titans pass defense. I'd start Josh Jacobs. In five of the last eight games, he's gone over 100 rushing yards. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL. That much is very clear. And it, just a rookie, that's great. Plus, the Titans give up the 13th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So, much like every other game this season, the Raiders are going to run, run, run the ball with Josh Jacobs. That is their formula for success. Uh, Tyrell Williams, he's averaging under three catches a game over the last six games. He started off the season very hot with like five touchdowns in five games, but since then he has seriously slowed down. In the absence of Hunter Renfro, though, he should get a little bit more targets, a little bit more attention from his quarterback, Derek Carr. I'd call him a high-end wide receiver three. Hunter Renfro is out with a fractured rib and punctured lung. Sounds like he got hit really hard, fractured his rib, and, and some of the bone actually punctured his lung. That sounds really painful, and it also sounds like it's fairly safe to say he will be out for at least a few more weeks. Darren Wall is a must-start Waller is this week against the Titans, who give up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. I would sit kicker Daniel Carlson and the Raiders defense. The Raiders defense has struggled, and they have not been a good defense as a whole or a good fantasy defense. And Daniel Carlson, um, not a bad kicker. I just don't trust this offense right now the way that uh, Derek Carr has been playing. I don't imagine they're going to put him in enough situations to kick enough field goals or extra points, so I, I would sit him. On the other side of the ball, another offense not loaded with fantasy talent. The one guy I do like is Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Tannehill is averaging 23 fantasy points a game over the last six games. A lot of that is what he's doing on the ground, though. Not so much in the passing game. And the Raiders give up the sixth most fantasy points to opposing QBs. So I would play Tannehill this week. In fact, in my league, I picked him up. I plugged him in this week in my fantasy playoff matchup week one. So we'll see how that goes. I've also got Derrick Henry. He is third in fantasy scoring in PPR leagues. This is a guy who's not known for receiving the ball. He's averaging over just one catch a game, and he is still third in PPR leagues. This guy's a truck. He's a monster. Absolutely play Derrick Henry. Love watching him play. It's a bit of old school flashback football when I watch him, but he gets the job done, so no complaints there. A.J. Brown, um, not great play. But the Raiders give up the 13th most fantasy points to wide receivers. Uh, Brown has been a bit volatile this year. Wide receiver, I think what we're seeing is that he needs another wideout to complement him. That would certainly give him um, a little bit less attention from defenses, and I think we'd see some more consistency. But he does have upside wide receiver three this week. That's what I would consider him. I would sit both Walker and Johnny Smith this week. I don't trust either of those guys. And I would sit uh, Ryan Suckup and the Titans defense. 
Now we got the Cardinals versus the Steelers and Kyler Murray going against the Steelers who give up the ninth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. However, I'd still suggest playing Kyler Murray this week. It seems like a tough matchup, but I don't think it's quite as tough as it seems. Now, I'm not knocking the Steelers' defense. They are much improved from where they started the year, and they are much improved since they added Minka Fitzpatrick. But after looking at it, Kyler Murray is one of the best, if not the best, quarterback that they have played since week five. So this is going to be a bit of a test for them. I think that Kyler Murray can have a good day. I'd actually play him this week. Um, as far as the other running backs go, Ken, or as far as the running backs go, Kenyon Drake, David Johnson, Chase Edmonds, I'm going to sit all of these guys. The Steelers give up the six fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs, and they haven't given up a rushing touchdown, excuse me, haven't given up a touchdown, rushing touchdown to a running back since week five. Guys, since week five, it has been so many weeks since a running back has had a rushing touchdown against them. And it was Mark Ingram. It was a very hot Ravens offense. I don't trust any running backs. Kenny Drake came on the scene. He looked great since then. He has stepped back a bit. Um, David Johnson's great, but the volume's not there. Chase Edmonds come back. It's it's one of those situations. It's just a fantasy guy. It just gives me a headache. It's a real um, running back by committee. Sorry, I just I hate that word. It makes me uncomfortable. But um, as far as the wide receivers go, we got Larry Fitzgerald starting as a wide receiver three in PPR leagues. And Christian Kirk, in my book, he's a wide receiver four. He's got massive upside, but he also tends to disappear in some games. And he's going to be lining up, getting that number one attention most likely from the Steelers defense. So um, if you're looking for a gamble play at wide receiver three, Kirk could go into your lineup. I'd call him a wide out four this week. I would sit the Cardinals tight ends and Zane Gonzalez as well as Steelers do give up the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing kickers. And I'd sit the Cardinals defense. They scored one point or less in three of their last four games. That defense has been absolutely awful, not only uh, from a football perspective, but also from a fantasy perspective. As far as the Steelers go, we've got Devlin Hodges. Now, the Cardinals give up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, and he just threw 212 yards and a nice comeback win versus the Browns. So there's a lot to like there. However, we're going to talk about it a little bit more later on. Juju Smith-Schuster might be out. I don't have a whole lot of faith in him, but... You do have to remember that Jared Goff had three weeks without a touchdown and then managed 34 fantasy points and 424 yards versus them. So if you're looking in deep leagues and you want to plug and play a quarterback, Devlin Hodges might be the guy to put in there. That is super risky, but it could be the home run you need. If you're looking at a situation right now, you're looking at your lineup and saying, this looks bad. I don't trust. I think I'm going to lose. This guy's got some great weapons. You might want to go ahead and do that. As far as the running backs go, James Conner, um, head coach Mike Tomlin said that he's struggling with a shoulder and is questionable for week 14. Um, he also said that Conner, he's got a better chance to practice Wednesday than Juju Smith-Schuster. Of course, he may practice. We'll see. We'll get some updates on this, and I'll talk more about it on our Friday update injury video. Benny Snell Jr., uh, he's been a solid rookie and a running back three right now if James Conner sits. Otherwise, he gets bumped down to a running back four. The reason for me is for me right now as to why he's a running back three, not a running back two, is that, and this is even a fair matchup, it's just that Trey Edmonds is there, Jalen Samuels is there, James Conner might be a back, Jalen Samuels is going to get his touches, his receptions, it's just like, is he going to get enough volume to trust him? Um, for me, that makes me a bit nervous, I would tend to avoid him this week. If you do, you could play him as a low-end RB2, uh, I consider him maybe a shade more on the running back three side. 
As far as the wide receivers go, Juju Smith-Schuster is questionable. Um, he's struggling with that knee injury, and again, doesn't sound like he's very likely to practice on Wednesday or probably Thursday. Um, quite honestly, personally, I'd put him in as doubtful for this game versus the Cardinals. That's what I would start looking for other options if you were planning on playing Juju. As far as the wide receiver, James Washington seems like a must-play at this point. The last four or five games have been good to him. Four catches for 69 yards versus the Colts, which is a good pass defense, by the way. Then he played the Rams. He had six catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Three catches and 49 yards versus Cleveland. Then 98 yards and a touchdown versus Cincinnati. And then versus Cleveland again, he had four catches, 111 yards and a touchdown. He has really turned things around. And this is a great matchup. Did you know the Cardinals give up the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers? I think you have to play James Washington as a high-end wide receiver too this week. I would sit Vance McDonald. Uh, you could start him in 16-team leagues if Juju Smith-Schuster is out. Otherwise, that's it. I wouldn't play him any other under any other circumstance. I'd also sit Chris Boswell. And the Steelers' defense, they have scored 10-plus fantasy points in nine of their last 10 games. And the Cardinals give up the 11th most fantasy points to opposing defenses. So I would also consider, city, or excuse me, consider starting the Steelers this week. Uh, but to rehash this, just to clarify my misspeaking there, I would sit Chris Boswell but start the Steelers' defense. Certainly struggling here. It's getting quite late in the night. But let's continue on with this video and talk about our last couple games here. We got uh, Seahawks versus Rams. Uh, Russell Wilson start. Rashad Penny start. He's got back-to-back -back games with a touchdown, 129 rushing yards, 74 rushing yards. He's looked great. I'd play Penny this week. Uh, it's tough, though, because Chris Carson also had a good game last game. He had 21 carries for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Both of those guys can be played as low-end RB2s. It's so hard to say who I trust more at this point. I probably wouldn't even go there. However, the Rams do give the 10th fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. As far as the wide receivers go, Tyler Lockett. Last game, he had three targets for zero catches. He just got shut down by Xavier Rhodes. And this could be another tough week for him against Jalen Ramsey. For me, he is a low-end wide receiver three, uh, probably a mid-end wide receiver four. Ramsey allowed just two touchdowns since coming to the Rams. He's given up just two touchdowns since playing for the Rams, and that was in a 45-point meltdown to the nearly unstoppable Baltimore Ravens. So what do you expect? That whole offense, or excuse me, that whole defense got lit up by the Ravens offense. Other than that, he hasn't given up a touchdown all year to wide receivers he's faced. Josh Gordon, he's got five catches and 54 yards in his last five games. I'd sit Josh Gordon at this point. The production simply isn't there. The guy that I do like this week is DK Metcalf. The Rams give up, have given up three touchdowns to wide receiver twos in the last three games. So the number two wide receiver on the team has scored three times in three games. He's been very productive recently. Six catches for 75 yards versus the Vikings. He had two catches versus Atlanta, 123 yards and a touchdown versus Tampa Bay. He had six catches, 70 yards versus a tough San Francisco defense. The guy I put my money on this week is DK Metcalf. Start him as a mid wide receiver two. Um, as the tight end Jacob Hollister goes, I would sit him this week. I'd sit Meyer, excuse me. I would sit Jacob Hollister. He's got a tough matchup against the defense, giving up the eighth fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends. I would start the Seahawks defense, and I would start kicker Jason Myers. Uh, certainly struggling with my words here at this point. Anyways, uh, flipping on sides now to the Rams, Jared Goff. Uh, he can be played as a quarterback 12 to 14 this week, but nothing more than that. So 
basically essentially play him in deep leagues. Todd Gurley and Cooper Cup are both must-starts. They have been electric this year. And another guy that's pretty red hot right now is Robert Woods. I would play him. Over the last three games, he has been a wide receiver, too, in PPR leagues, essentially. He had seven catches, 95 yards, then six catches, 97 yards, then 13 catches, 137 yards. So, yeah, in PPR leagues, he's a wide receiver, too. In standard leagues, he's a wide receiver, three. Brandon Cook should be sad. He has really been completely relegated recently to the wide receiver, three role, and he struggled quite a bit since returning from his injury. Um, Tyler Higby had seven catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown last game. However, it was in a good matchup, and Gerald Everett is out. When Gerald Everett is in, when he is playing, Everett is the number one tight end in that team. So if Everett plays, I would start him this week. If he is out, I would start Higby this week. Why would I start whichever tight end is the guy playing as the number one guy? Well, because in this matchup, they're playing a defense that gives up the second most fantasy points to opposing tight ends, so they could certainly capitalize. Finally, I would start kicker Greg Zerline, make Legatron, he's been great, and I would sit the Rams defense. All right, guys, we got our final game here, and it is Giants versus Eagles. Starting about Carson Wentz. Prior to last week, um, it had been eight weeks since he threw more than one touchdown pass. That being said, I still think he isn't a horrible play this week. The Giants do give up the ninth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. He really clicked last well with Alshon Jeffrey last week, uh, and that offense didn't look too bad. As far as the running backs go, Jordan Howard is questionable with that shoulder injury. I'll update you on Friday. Could be one of those aggravating. I'm expecting it to be what I'm going to call the James Conner shoulder injury at this point where he hurts his shoulder, but he comes back, but he's not 100%. But he comes back, but he's not 100%. He kind of plays a little bit, but he's got no fantasy value, but he re-aggravates it, so he doesn't play again. Um, that's what I'm calling it at this point. Um, Miles Sanders, he's got 37 touches the last two weeks. I would start Miles Sanders if Jordan Howard is out. If Jordan Howard is out, Sanders is actually getting a fair amount of volume, and I think he could have a very good game. Um, as far as the wide receivers go, Jeffrey's got four touchdowns in the last seven games, and the Giants give up the second most fantasy points to opposing wideouts. Um, the fact of the matter is Alshon Jeffrey is quietly one of the best receivers in the NFL. Not elite, he's not as good as Michael Thomas, no, but top 15, I would definitely say so. He's been very effective, and again, in his last seven games, he scored four touchdowns. I would play him this week. Nelson Aguilar, um, he's a safe bet to get you about three or four catches. He's playable, but he's not great. He is kind of a cross somewhere in this um, limbo, in-between zone between a wide receiver three and a wide receiver four. Uh, Zach Ertz is a must-start. I would sit Dallas Goddard this week, though. Zach Ertz has really replies his role as clearly considerably the number one tight end and that's been that way for a few weeks now finally i would start jake elliott and the eagles defense they're risky they're a bit more of a daily play but if you want to take a gamble you could play the eagles defense after all the giants give up the second most fantasy points to opposing defenses finally let's talk about the giants offense which is daniel jones i would start in 14 to 16 team leagues but that is all he's got upside and this is a bad eagles pass defense other than that he hasn't played great and i don't trust him a whole lot saquon barkley's a guy you gotta start he's got 20 plus touches in five of his last six games and he's saquon barkley 
at this point play him absolutely play him uh, golden tate he's questionable but he's likely to play as a wide receiver three he's got uh three touchdown passes excuse me three touchdown receptions in the last two games he's had a slight drop in production in the volume since sterling shepherd came back so that hurts him Shepard has 17 touches, 77 yards, and one touchdown in the last two games. And he is a must-start if Golden Tate is out, as his volume will be even higher against the Eagles, who give up the sixth-most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Evan Ingram is questionable with that foot injury. I'll simply update you on Friday. This has been a lingering injury, and at this point, I'm an Evan Ingram owner. I'm beginning to wonder if this guy's ever going to come back. Um, please come back, Evan Ingram. I need you soon. It's the playoffs, and it matters. <laughs> but finally, Aldrich Rosas and the Giants defense, I would sit them as well.